1: Blue wire.
0: Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala. Up to the last Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some rhythm. And he got it. Young ball continues to wear it Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host Justin Rowan. With me today is my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy?
1: Going good. You are really hanging out in the left side of your uh, your frame there, just um, start what? the pod. Okay. okay.
0: You know what? I'll i oh, wow. out a little bit. Oh are wow. You, are you are you feeling better about what I'm what I'm throwing down here?
1: I am. It, well, I just want to note that you know, for anyone who happens to be watching us on on, on Twitch, uh, that. I have now made it so my camera when i 'm when i 'm kind of looking into the mic almost looks like i 'm looking at you and you 're angled away from me and I think in a lot of ways that is um it's kind of a microcosm of
0: our relationship i mean it really is it's i can 't look you straight in the face when i 'm spouting off my takes, so this is how I kind of adjust to it because the listeners at least the people that listen solely on podcasts they don't need to know that uh, i'm i'm really a coward deep down inside um but those that do watch on twitch and, and support us there at TwitchTV tv slash chase down pod um they, they they know the truth behind my my dirty dirty secret
1: yep and um
0: and that's why we love them and uh, that's why you should always <laughs> tune in uh, it's, it's a big recording day for us, Carter. We, we got this, so we're, we're going to talk about what's going on with the Cavs right now, and then after for our Chase Down Premium feed, we're going to do a little TV talk. We're going to be talking The Mandalorian. We're going to be talking about whatever kind of crosses our mind. For those that don't know, we, we've already kind of plugged it in the feed, uh, but the Chase Down Premium feed is basically like Patreon without Patreon getting a cut. The upside of it is that you get bonus content. You get us talking, uh, breaking news, uh, kind of little question and answers after games, off-topic podcasts, like discussing the Mandalorian. Uh, so you can try that out for 99 cents for your first month and five bucks a month after that. Just go to bluewirepods.com slash the chase down dash premium aka the dash. So however you guys choose to support us, we do really appreciate it. Uh, we got to but- come up with a sexier way to get that URL across. <laughs> just google the chase down premium. You you'll find it. They, that it seems better. Right. That seems easier. Who's to say? I I do like the aka the dash though. Um, aka the I,
1: dash. Well really it's just stealing uh, a binge mode staple of aka the underscore.
0: Ah uh, yeah. And we're
1: so. talking about the Mandalorian. We uh, we are a less charismatic and less researched bench mode. We, quickly we realizing. are
0: the ringer, but the uh, the movie, not the website.
1: Jeez. Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, speaking of very tough to watch. Now, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are struggling a little bit. Uh, another bad loss to the Miami Heat. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad loss. They're they're just playing great basketball right now. Um, but it was tough to watch. Uh, Larry Nance jr. In for Tristan Thompson, who is resting for third game in four nights. I think that was a smart decision to rest him. This is probably not a game you're going to get even with a full squad. Um, but the defense went right back to kind of where you'd expect, uh, with that no center lineup, uh, very tough night, especially in the first half for both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Sexton's end line kind of looked okay, but I actually thought that this was probably his worst game of the season. Um, Darius Garland took seven threes. I will consider that as progress. Still not where we'd want him to be. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. played very well, and Jetty Osmond looks like a shell of himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it's tough. Uh, this team has not had a good game uh, since their 98-97 loss to Philly. Um, that's four straight fairly uh, complete wire-to-wire blowouts. Yeah. Um, Against mostly good teams, also New York on, at New York on a back to back. This is uh, the not fun part of having a young <laughs> team that's also not that good uh, is you know when the schedule's playing against you and uh, a lot of teams present tough matchups for you, uh, mm-hmm. you kind of go through an ugly ugly stretch here. Um, you know, uh, Justin, you and I have been talking about this schedule for a while, and let me remind you, it doesn't get any easier
0: anytime soon. They play Well, at, let, let's, well there, there have been a few developments. So, uh, Damian Lillard, again, not playing uh, that tonight. That helps. Carmelo Anthony is starting for the Portland Trailblazers. They're a bit of a disaster. Uh, we play the Magic, and they will be without Vucevic in all likelihood. They, there is something. There are of, some
1: silver linings, but still, if, if you're unfamiliar, at Dallas versus Portland versus Brooklyn versus Orlando versus Milwaukee versus Detroit versus Orlando. At Philly, at Boston versus Houston, at San Antonio, at Milwaukee, at Toronto, and then finally a reprieve versus Charlotte versus Memphis versus Atlanta for some fairly winnable games. I, you want to just continue for 82? I, I think that would make really good audio. Uh, I think that uh, it all in one sentence uh, really draws into stark relief how dire this is. Yeah. Uh, what, what would your over under for expected wins after that stretch? Uh, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games stretch that I just read off.
0: Uh, I'm probably an optimist, so I'm going to go 4-9. Um, I, I think there's some winnable games in there. I think San Antonio is winnable. I think Detroit, Portland, Orlando. Uh, you're, you're probably going to drop one or two of those games that you expect to win, and you're probably going to get a few weird upsets and, and things that happen. Um, this team is capable of playing really good basketball and playing um, good teams to a draw. We saw that early in the season uh, where, where they are competitive against good teams. I think the young guys are going to get better by the game, um, at least overall. Maybe, maybe you're, you are going to have those little blips there where, where they don't play as well. But I think overall there has been some growth and, and learning experiences there. Um, I, I think the right over under to set, by the way, is three. Yeah, no,
1: I, I agree. I, I, and I, I think I'll go, I think I would predict a push. A three and nine is actually, and like this sounds maybe a little defeatist, but it's actually like not the worst
0: outcome. No, 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 absolutely not. And I mean, we're, we're starting to get into that time where i would advise to look at the scoreboard a little less and just kind of take it possession by possession and see what you can see Uh, because this is going to be a season of growth Um, i think one of the the bright spots over the last few games has been the play of kevin porter jr even if it is a blowout you can see him making some really good decision makings and possibly making a bit of a case for him to be in the starting lineup Um, I've seen people suggest for him to play over Jetty Osmond. The one thing I'd caution there is that you're already starting two point guards, and he really doesn't have an outside shot. I know he's hit a couple these last few games, but his preference is still to drive. And I think that's suboptimal when you have Darius Garland, who's been a little afraid to shoot. You have Tristan Thompson, who... Um, isn't a convincing shooter, at least when it comes to gravity and and how much he actually pulls defenders out. Um, Colin Sexton likes to drive, and I I just think it's a little too congested. And if you look at the lineup numbers, it's absolutely awful when uh, KPJ is out there with Sexton. I I think uh, Spencer Davies made a good point of possibly starting McKinney over Jetty Osman. I would be much more open to that. And I've, I've seen some people suggest maybe, hey, let's move Colin Sexton to the second unit um, in favor of KPJ and, and try to ride that out and, and let Sexton kind of control things more with that second unit, which I, I think at this point, kind of every, anything's on the table. This, this is going to be a time of experimentation. You know what I think is the much more
1: likely outcome uh, of all of these things, Justin? What's that? I think Darius Garland's going to
0: get benched. I I mean that is certainly possible as well and you know what I would I would be okay with that I I think at this stage his confidence has been a little bit shot I mentioned it before it's nice to see him take 73s but him being a little more with the second unit maybe you move Jordan Clarkson into starting lineup um I unfortunately I, I, think like, I think more like I think more likely deadly. it's going to be Delhi. yeah. Because I, I want I want him to have more minutes with Delhi. I would like to see him in an aggressive role alongside a playmaker. Um, I, I just think Bayline seems to believe that they're the only two playmakers on the team. Which you you look at the amount of shots they create. That's certainly been the case. Uh, Garland has led the the team in potential assists and and kind of generating those looks. And, and Delhi's is not too far behind them. So. I think there's validity to that, but I I still would like to see them have a few minutes together.
1: Yeah, I just think ultimately, like, what are you telling the team if you end up benching Sexton right now um, over uh, Garland when Sexton's outplayed him by a mile?
0: Yeah, no, that that would be a very very. uh, Do you expect do you do you think Bayline is going to change the lineup? I think so. I, I, but I think it's going to be Jetty that's out. Our, our, uh, our la- large adult son, is, uh, he's going through one hell of a slump. And we, we saw some of this last year. Um, last year, I think it had a little more to do with his back issues. Um, but after a strong probably five, six games to start this season where he was hitting those outside shots, he was playing better defense, um, he's just kind of forgotten how to play basketball. He just yeah. has not been assertive, and is really, really pressing when he um, does get the touches, and, and it's been it's been damn tough to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's just sort of out there, just sort of exists, and um, I, I and you don't. You need know. him to be active. You need him to be active, cutting, like being one of the high IQ players, and he kind of just looks like like the kind of guy who got picked early in a pickup run but doesn't really quite know how to play. It's yeah. really and defensively he's getting wrecked whether at the 3 or the 4 really. Um, getting beaten. I mean the the Hayward uh, offensive rebound, I can't leave my mind of him just getting you know completely outclassed uh, in that matchup. It's
0: Yeah, that that it, was it's tough, that was tough to that was tough to fly down there and have him break my heart in that way and for him to be the one that broke my heart it was it was very tough to watch
1: yeah i don't know i just think like ultimately he is playing the worst basketball of his
0: career right now 100% um, this is 100% his worst worst basketball we've seen in a cleveland cavaliers uniform yeah and i i wonder i i don't know
1: so on one hand we want to say he had too much ball handling Responsibility last year, and we thought he would thrive in more of a role where he just got to be a three and D guy, basically. And okay. I wonder if maybe in order for him to be involved, he does need to handle it a little bit more, run a little pick and roll, um, attack, be an attacker as opposed
0: to, um, you know, a, a shooter or nothing. Uh, right, which can be something that's facilitated by having him in the second unit. Yep. That's kind of what I'm
1: – the the tree I'm barking up because I do think he's a good passer. I, I, I believe in that. I believe in his ability to shoot, you know, not all the time, but it, he can. Uh, and I just think maybe he needs to play that secondary uh, point forward a little bit more than he gets to in such a ball-dominant starting lineup where there just aren't enough touches for him to do that.
0: Right, which is why I really do want to see if you're replacing him in the starting lineup. I'd like to see McKinney. I think McKinney can kind of replicate that low usage Dylan Windler type role that the the Cavs have envisioned for that position. Um, I, I think that works well around guys that all need touches. I, I think establishing a bit more of a hierarchy. Uh, within the offense is something that's necessary at this point. It almost reminds me a little bit too much of um, the Denver Nuggets before they really started to kind of figure things out, where, okay, it's an equal opportunity offense anyone can create. But when it really when you get against a better defense and, and when you're in situations where um, it's a little more difficult to create, there's too much standing around and watching. And I think simplifying the roles where, okay, you, you got the two guards that are creating offense. You got Kevin Love who, who can be an offensive hub at times. Tristan's going to do the rim running, pick set picks, um, and, and do Tristan Thompson things. Get a shooter there. You, you, don't need, you don't need another guy that can create at this point. It, it's, just, it's a little bit of a redundant skill set. And I think Jetty Osman is kind of struggling to make that adjustment.
1: Yeah, I, I just think ultimately I, I want to see him be engaged. And if getting him engaged is is kind of letting him run the second unit a little more, uh, then I, I'm okay with that. And, you know, if it doesn't work, then you have to keep trying. You just lock yourself into a deal. And Cavs are um, having some weird luck with the people they're extending. Yeah. Um, we're not looking particularly good in the immediate aftermath of what appears to be a decent extension. So yeah. uh, I, we'll I, I think
0: one thing to remind people though, is the contract that they signed him to. And they, I've, I've noticed this, I've noticed this in the old Menchies, but um, the old there Menchies. seems to be some, there seems to be some animosity after he signed this contract. That contract is the value of a reserve rotation player that's not the value of someone they envision being a starter uh he's clearly being asked to do too much uh it seems clear that the Cavs don't expect him to be a long time starter at that position he is literally the only body that we have outside of mckinney um that can play small forward Um, kevin porter jr is not a small forward I, i think getting more minutes at shooting guard is going to be something that's going to benefit him. I, I think he, that's where he starts to really have that size advantage and can capitalize on, on some of the matchups. Um, but right now, unfortunately, Jetty Osman is the only real option. Um, I do think giving him some sort of a break here and moving him to the second unit, starting McKinney. Um, I, I think that would be the adjustment I would make. I wouldn't pull, would not pull the plug on Sexton and Garland just yet. Um, I, I'd like to give them a little bit more time to kind of work through these things, um, but it, it's going to be a really tough balance to to figure out. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, uh, I don't want to get too far into Sexland talk because I know we're going to talk about Garland later. the The size is pretty jarring <laughs> in practice. Mm-hmm. It's a problem when you got Colin Sexton getting posted up and just put under the basket every possession by Jimmy Butler or Ben Simmons or whoever wants to do it. Um, yeah. They're in a they're in a tough spot with this uh, roster construction right now, and that's okay, but that does mean in the meantime they have to lean on Jetty. Maybe Dylan Wendler comes back, but I, I do want, as excited as I am to see Dylan Wendler, I do want to caution everyone about putting too many eggs in that basket. I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be – um, you know, it'll be exciting to have a new players progress to track, but like, let's not pretend he's going to fix every problem this team has. Uh, he was the 26th overall pick for a reason.
0: No, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the problem with sex line is it has worked with their starting front court for the most part this season, but it doesn't give you a lot of margin for error. When you start trotting out 6'6", six, six, Larry Nance Jr. there is a the 5 alongside Kevin Love or really rotate any of the bench guys in, that falls apart really, really quickly and length becomes a real concern. And sometimes length can be a concern with your wardrobe as well. Have you ever seen an untucked button down, Carter? They look bad. Why? Because they just weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's untuck it, the original button down shirt, actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck it shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays coming near, there's no better gift to give your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check it out at their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off.
1: Let me tell you something, Justin.
0: I have a really hard
1: time saying the word bulgy. Bulgy? In, in that ad read. I just don't think it's a word I say in the non-untucket ad read context.
0: It feels like a Harry Potter word. And I, yeah. I, I know what I'm doing there, but that's where my mind goes.
1: That's That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Before we transition, I cannot believe, cannot believe you didn't get me the opportunity at the front of this pod to bitch about my rec basketball
0: league. Oh my god, I forgot about that. So I, I was too self involved because I, I was bowling one hell of a game. I but... could tell.
1: What what did you end up with? A two fifty?
0: Okay, so there's there's the handicap to that. So oh. they, they add the like fifty four, I think I had as a handicap. I bowled a one ninety eight though. And like this That's is very good. To to clarify, this is like my sixth time playing 10-pin because in Canada, we typically do five. So my wife and I have joined the bowling league. Yeah. Yeah, we do five-pin up here. Um, but I've never heard of that in my life. Well, there you go. It's five-pin, and they each have different values. The middle is five, then three, then two as you work your way out. Um, but yeah, I, I ended it with five straight strikes and then i started the next game with a strike as well so that was uh that was one hell of a heater it it t- it really fell off as the night went on but that that was a uh, a very good feel for your boy but now about you and your complaining about rec league basketball
1: so uh for those who didn't know uh, so y- yesterday we had our rec league championship uh, wednesday uh, we were uh, the the champion or the the one seed that earned a bye so uh we had to play at seven. If we won that game, we played immediately after at eight uh, against the best team in the league. We win game one playing unbelievably well against a bunch of 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds who are all in awesome shape and clearly played together. They they ran, They ran layup lines before the game, Justin. Oh, my God. Um, and so, so we managed to beat them. They have a shot at the buzzer to win it. They miss. We advanced to the title game. Title game uh let's say we were at a significant size and athleticism disadvantage um uh we were a little less uh quick twitch if you know what i'm saying okay uh and uh so we were up 13 with about seven minutes to go uh oh, there's just a disaster sequence they hit a three one of our guys turns it over on the inbound they hit another three they, they end up getting it close, and they end up actually tying it up 51-51 with 13 seconds remaining. We get the ball inbounded. Uh, our, best, our best player get, – we get our best player the ball. He's got it with about seven seconds left. He tries to take it along the right wing three-point line to generate a pull-up. Gets hip-checked out of bounds. Literally goes flying like three, three feet out of bounds. No call okay. as time expires. He turns to the ref and says, and I quote, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) The ref tees him up. They hit both their technical free throws and we lose the game. We lose the championship on a fucking technical foul.
0: That is a, uh, that's a call to make that, that is, um, you know what that is? That's a, I don't want to ref overtime in rec league basketball.
1: So, that has been the theory posited by a lot of people. And I would actually venture to say that, first off, I didn't think I was high um, as any good rec league basketball ref should. Of course. So, so nothing against him there. but So, I think he didn't want to make the call. Like, he didn't want to call a blocking foul because we were already in the double bonus. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think he wanted to make that call to, like, basically give us the game with no time left. So he swallowed his whistle. And then when our best player went after him, I think he panicked a little bit. Cause he like, you know, when are you the most defensive when you're wrong? Yeah, no, no, exactly. So, no,
0: it's, I, so I think there, so there I could think be he, a lot of factors. I, yeah,
1: I think he panicked. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, our, uh, our best player proceeded to continue to curse at him until he got thrown out of the game. And, He's like, we're not going on till that guy's out of here, and I'm like, bro, the game's over. What are you talking about? There's, you added two seconds left to the clock, and they took two technical free throws and have the ball.
0: That's, it's over. So really we just sucks. called
1: it and cursed the guy out, and he left right away.
0: But, well, uh, it's a, that's a hell of a way to lose. That's a hell of a story. I felt like I was there the whole time. One I, thing, it was crashing, crashing, <laughs> Justin. One thing we forgot to mention, though, when we're talking doing the whole schedule watching thing, we do have a Monday game against Brooklyn, which Kyrie sat out for the last little bit, and I feel like even if he comes back before that game, he's not going to play in Cleveland. No, nah, so he's th- afraid of us. That probably opens up the door. I saw that they lost by thirty tonight, so that's a that's a great sign. They lost to Indiana. Why is Brooklyn um,
1: so bad? It's the same team.
0: Ah. Eh. I think uh, I think you kind of have a DeAndre Jordan in the Gordon Hayward role where he's been starting over more deserving players. He has not been starting. Uh, I was going to say, it's changed recently. It was to start the year, but I think that threw off the, the vibes a little bit. And I also think it's tough to go from um, a season where you're overachieving and you feel like anything is possible, and then the playoffs come around and you get smacked with the reality that you're very, very damn mid – I think it's tough to get yourself up for 82 games and convince yourself everything is possible again when you've now kind of seen how those type of seasons end.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing that um I think the other thing that factors in is they know this year isn't their year and I think
0: that's really weird mentally. Oh yeah, no that's a big thing.
1: Like they know they've got they're just on hold until Durant yeah. comes back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a combination of you're coming off try hard year where, uh, reality became very clear. Uh, you do have an adjustment period, um, with Kyrie. Sure. Kyrie's more efficient than D low, but he does hang on to the ball a little bit more. Um, and as you said, they know that, uh, this year has absolutely really nothing for them. Uh, they're just kind of waiting for KD. So yeah, I think that's what's going on there. But, um, Man, it is tough because um, the Cavs gave us this taste of good basketball, good, fun, exciting basketball. And I think there is going to be other stretches of that this season. Um, we're just – if it's going to happen in this next month, I think what we've kind of illustrated is it's going to be at times we didn't expect, uh, which is always nice, and we probably need a few of those sprinkled in to, to keep us going and keep the enthusiasm up. Um, but the the schedule does have to even out at some point and it's been absurd for this first two months. Um, I think ideally you'd want it to be a soft schedule at the beginning so the young guys could kind of figure some things out and then they're more equipped to handle the tougher parts of it. Um, but at the same time, now you have them getting all their struggles out of the way against some really tough competition and, uh, that, that second half I, I think is going to help out a lot.
1: Yeah, the only thing is about having a tough early schedule as a team that is in the Cavs situation is, you know, I remember Zavak was talking about this, our favorite Eeyore, but I think he's often
0: more right than we want him to be. I
1: know. Well, Um, that's
0: that's what makes him even more annoying is that he is accurate. uh, And, uh, you know, he kind of just said, like, if
1: this team has early big adversity, like, I, I mean, they're on a five game losing streak right now. We've talked about the schedule. If things don't break right, this could extend to 10, 12, 14 games really easy. And uh, does that just destroy this team's will to play hard?
0: You know? I, so I, don't know. I, I think there is one thing. So obviously, I listened to you guys when you were talking about that. Aww. I thought that was a very good point. Um, I think there's a few things to factor in. Um, the guys that really matter when it comes to, to buy-in or Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Those are the guys that can raise the floor of this team. Tristan Thompson is in a contract year, um, and Kevin Love, I guess you can debate whether or not he wants to be in Cleveland. A lot of the indicators that he's said um, point towards yeah, I'm, I'm good to be here. Um, I would say probably at the very least, there there's some openness to be moved, but I think he also understands in order to actually kind of control his own destiny, he's going to have to play and have to play well uh, for there to either be a market or for things to turn around in his current situation. So no matter what he ends up deciding and no matter what the team ends up deciding, him playing well needs to be hev- heavily involved into that equation. Um, so I, I think you are going to have buy-in from there. I, I think where, you're st- where you start to get into more kind of murky waters is how the team responds to how Bayline responds to this situation. Because I, I can see situations where he does get a little too frustrated and he starts focusing on the wrong things. And because now that there's losing thrown into the mix, um, you can have some issues with the player. So how, how the veterans help navigate the, those waters is going to be really, really important here.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting. I mean, I th- I actually think a starting lineup change here would kind of say a little bit about how Bayline's handling this. Um, okay, like how so? Like from the perspective of like, is he making the change for the long term growth of the team, or is he making a change because he's sick of getting his teeth kicked in? Is there a difference? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, It's just... I just... I just am not... He's not used to getting his teeth kicked in at any level. And it's going to keep happening no matter what lineups he plays. It's almost like... Like, is he just going to start throwing shit against the wall to make it it stop? Or is he going to be intentional and really... See, I I think trying to find... through it.
0: I think trying to find solutions is both a short-term and long-term play. Like... If you have kind of established that Jetty Osman, along with Kevin Love and two bold, dominant guards um, can't really find his rhythm, that is something that's instructional for the long term. Um, I, I think you're not really going to solve anything by just keeping this unit out there and them having their teeth kicked in repeatedly. I think you have to make adjustments and see how the players respond. Now, if Jetty Osman goes to the bench and it's even worse um, and he's expressing to things to him off the court, between games, at practice, et cetera. Um, maybe you go back. Like I, I think you have to play around and tinker with things. Um, because at, at this point, the long-term plan is still very up in the air. What role everyone has is still up in the air. Yes, right now, Colin Sexton has really no vision. Uh, he's working towards being an efficient player. He's made great strides defensively. But, hey, maybe you actually do have to ask him to try to make an effort and playmaking a little bit more. Maybe you have to see how he responds to more responsibility in that way. Um, I I think tinkering and adjustments to try to not get your teeth kicked in now can be instructional when you're trying to figure out the long-term feasibility of this team.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, I'm not quite sure what the solution is, honestly. Like, I think that on one hand – Getting Garland out of the starting lineup, making making uh, and play uh, point guard, and actually focus on refocus on distributing. Um, maybe that gets you there. Um, but ultimately, like,
0: is it too simplistic to say like these you just got to play a little bit better? No, that's that's why I would not change the the Sexton starting. Like, I I would still keep them together, and I would try to figure things out interestingly enough the the game against miami was their first real minutes that they played all season together um without love and thompson together um well i I guess the next game as well but um these last two games are the first time we've seen them without kind of that safety net and um there's going to be an adjustment period to that because there is going to be times where those guys are either hurt or they're resting uh that's, that's the reality of their age and their injury history. I think the, the Cavs are going to be a little bit careful with them.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I am interested. I do want to talk a little bit more about Garland. Um, what are you seeing from him right now? How are you feeling? what's your What's your temperature reading
0: on Garland right now? So the biggest problem right now that I see with Garland is – He seems to be deferring a little bit too much. And then when he chooses to be assertive, it's just a half second too slow. Um, That's the biggest issue I see when he's taking his jump shots, um, which I think his whole game kind of comes into place with whether or not his jumper is falling. Because if he's hitting that three-point shot, all of a sudden he isn't driving into a stagnant lane and generating turnovers for himself. Um, I I think – He needs to be just a little bit more assertive. I kind of liked what I saw in the second half against Miami. Um, I thought it was a step in the right direction. And who knows, maybe some of these games, if they are in fact blowouts, um, creates an opportunity where he can just kind of go out there and and get some shots up, get his feel. Um, But right now, he continues to make some reads I I really like. Um, He moves well off ball. He's not always found when he's moving off ball, which I I think – it's visibly frustrating him at times. Yeah, he. I, I'm sure you saw the play I linked earlier today of when Sexton got the steal against the Heat yesterday. and Yeah, he, I he, scared my dog yelling at yeah, that in real time. Wide
1: open in the corner, and a couple of people on Twitter like, oh, maybe Sexton mishandled it, or maybe he didn't think he could make the pass. I'm like, 99 out of 100 NBA point guards find Garland in the corner there. It's not yeah. a hard pass. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just not. Um, no, so you, you could have made that in rec league. So yeah, well, maybe not me per per se. Um, but <laughs> not yeah, a big passer. Uh, well, you know, I'm more of a I, I I'm more of a high post kind of passer. You know, finding cutters. I'm not a I'm not an in motion passer. If I'm if I'm moving full speed, something bad's happening as a general rule. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. The Garland thing is interesting because on one hand, uh, some things are trending up. Uh, After not attempting more than five – not attempting at least five threes in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his first ten games, he took four or less. Um, He has shot seven, three, five, and seven.
0: That's a good sign. And against very, very good defenses uh, outside of the Knicks.
1: Agreed. He is starting to get the shots up uh, from distance. Uh, some of which are actually pull up some catch and shoots uh, without thinking, uh, even if they're not always going in. That's a good sign. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bad sign. Which is one of
0: the things that we were complaining about and wanting to see.
1: Yes. Bad sign. He's averaging less than a free throw attempt a game the last five games.
0: Yeah. He needs a lot of work when it comes to finishing.
1: You know, what's really interesting is you're watching him figure it out live. Um, Whether it, whether it's working or not, I don't know. Um, But, uh, you know he started off with that awful floater, yeah, and we were like, "Oh, please stop doing that." So he started getting go to the paint or go to the lane and use the glass a little more, um, kind of getting all the way uh, to the hoop. But now teams are starting to cut that off, and he is not generating good layup angles, and he does not have Kyrie Irving level English on his layups where he can roll it in. Like, how many times have we seen him go up for a layup, bad angle, uh, and it hits, like, the side of the rim because he just couldn't get it. He didn't. He couldn't generate that angle to actually lay it up against the square.
0: Right. I, I mean, we talked about it before. I, I'd like to see him, when he's in the lane, just step back, 10-footer. Like I don't even want step backs, bro. I want fucking pull-ups.
1: He doesn't take pull-up jumpers right now. They're all step backs. I mean, as actually, runners. Talking, yeah, yeah, <laughs> runners, actually,
0: floaters, or yeah, it's or I, that I,
1: layup I, that just only kind of works. Uh, it was funny. I actually was talking with uh, Paul uh, Rocket Intellect uh, on uh, just in the DMs. We were chatting about it because he was asking about some of the young guys, and his theory is that because uh, he he actually I was complaining about the fact that Garland only steps back. He doesn't tend to do any pull ups. And he was kind of mentioned that he has the same gripe with Harden that Harden mm-hmm. very rarely just pulls. He's so comfortable with the step back that the pull up is just a different muscle memory and they don't feel comfortable doing it. I thought that was an yeah. interesting theory at the latest. That's a
0: very good observation. Yeah. Mm. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little, I'm a little hurt Paul doesn't reach out to me, but that that's okay. That's it's fine.
1: fine. It's fine.
0: I, uh, I thought of myself as a, a mentor to him that, he's, I, he's I twitter's understand. little brother but yeah I guess he what really I want is. Is... it blows my mind that he's 20
1: yeah he's a child uh oh, Paul. we uh but we we were kind of saying well he said that like maybe he's just not comfortable with that i'm like well uh darius garland isn't six five and built like a brick shit house so he'd better get comfortable taking pull-ups because mm-hmm. you can't be limiting yourself um and at this point in his career like he's got to have it all as a shooter
0: um, yeah, he doesn't have that. I'm on the
1: Swenson's diet body like Harden has. Too. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Which you know, for for all his faults, and as much as we make fun of him, that 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 Swenson's uh, strip club champagne body does Harden some good from time to time.
0: Hey, it's it's the one thing we have in common.
1: <laughs> That's nice, Justin.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I we. We're really, uh, we're in need of a good Garland game. I, I mean, we talked about it last podcast, but um, I'm I'm not going to be worried for another month or two here. But after that, I uh, start to get a little bit concerned. But, I mean, this is kind of what you expect, right? You drafted the, the high upside player in Kevin Porter Jr. at five, and then you, you got a project in Darius Garland at 30. That's that's why you trade into the first round and get those guys. So 100%. Uh,
1: it's worth noting um, – uh, this is a sentiment I've seen a lot, so I did want to bring it up. Freider, uh 15, in the Twitch chat just said, I feel like he's going to have a huge second half, just like Trey did last season. That's certainly possible. Um, and It's certainly
0: possible. And, and it makes and some again, sense. And again, this is something that we've talked about a few times, but we've been spoiled with some rookies in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyrie, for all his problems, holy crap, was he ridiculous. Early on, and he's probably one of the most talented offensive players we've ever seen. Uh, LeBron James, decent basketball player. Um, you you look at let's say someone like Kemba Walker, who came in even even older than Darius Garland, and I'm I'm looking at the stats now. 12 points per game shot 36 percent from the floor and 30 percent from three he didn't really figure out how to be a good three-point shooter until he was 25 years old five years older than garland is now i think garland's going to figure things out with his outside shot a little bit quicker than that um but there is a learning curve for point guards and, and this may take time i don't think anything that happens this season is going to determine whether or not he's going to be a good point guard in the future He's shown some skills. He's shown some vision, and unfortunately, we just have to be patient. I agree. Um, and,
1: uh, and if it doesn't I think work one out, we... then that's life. I don't know. But in the meantime, we can't. No, no conclusions can really be drawn.
0: Yeah. And the good news is, this is a draft with basically only guards in it. So that's uh, that. Maybe we're addressing a need there. My Bring it God. back. One, one thing before we wrap this up, let's talk about the jersey the Cavs are going to be doing their lo- losing in. Uh, the city jerseys were unveiled. They were leaked beforehand. Um, the actual unveiling of the jerseys and seeing them on the players, I like them a whole hell of a lot more than I did uh, when it was just uh, a blurry image on a hanger.
1: Yeah, it turns out dingy uh, back uh, backroom images don't look as good as uh, marketed. uh well-polished um, promotional materials.
0: It's it's a jersey that would be great if it just had the basketball V script on the front. I don't know what we're doing with the little underline Klee. But uh, overall, I, I think this is uh, one of the better jerseys, at least since the Nike Switch, which I, I haven't been a huge fan of many of the Cavs jerseys since the Switch.
1: Honestly, I don't think they're very good, but I also don't think they're very bad either. I just think there's just too much going on. That's my biggest gripe. It's like, they are busy. Yeah. It's we're any it, We're everything. And it's like, well, design doesn't really typically work that way. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you don't normally, like you wouldn't pick an outfit and grab something from the eighties, nineties, two thousands and 2010s and say, I'm just inspired by all these things. Like now, like it's a little, it's a little jarring, a little too much mm-hmm. going on. Uh, that's you can that's just, one of those
0: the unnecessarily watercolor. quirky things. It like, yeah, might seem just, like a romantic comedy.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't... They're fine. They're fine. I don't think they're shitty. I don't think they're like the uh, the weird orange and blue ones last year that I never have to see again. Um, yeah, thank God for that. Uh, so, ultimately, uh, it could have been way worse. I, I will say I love the alternate court.
0: Yeah, the the court is really, really nice. and If, um, it,
1: if it had the block calves instead of the clee, then maybe I'd like it. Maybe I'd be a 10 out of 10. But in the meantime, I'm just a real sucker for alternate courts. And the more those – so pretty much
0: any alternate court you trot out there, I'm going to be supportive of. The court's going to get us at least one upset win at home. Uh, I'm very confident in that. Uh, We will get a good game there. Like, I think uh, we got that with the alternate court with the uh, Indiana win. Um, so uh, maybe that that's going to power us to a win. I agree. It's a busy Jersey, but overall I, I think it is one of the better of the Nike, even though I don't think it's great. Um, I think the Cavs have gone really close in the past to a great Jersey and, um, Mordet, you made a great point where it's like the, the Cavs keep getting great jerseys to the five yard line. And then they just throw in a bunch of random crap or, or they screw up the the font on the front. So, uh, it's not terrible it might be a little bit too busy. I think you got to stay in your lane. Like um, I, I, and I think that's an important lesson in life in general. I mean, if you have a class podcast, why, why would you go out and start talking about random things like the Mandalorian? Right. Yeah. You would be a real idiot to want to do that. You'd be an absolute jackhole. Anyways, that is it for this episode of the Chase Down Podcast. Um, as we were teasing there uh, on the premium feed, we will be talking about The Mandalorian. I have a few other shows and crap I want to talk to you about, so we'll just bullshit there for a little bit. Uh, remember, just search ch- the Chase Down Pod premium. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, again, it's kind of like Patreon only you're supporting us directly and we give you that bonus content so 99 cents for the first month five bucks a month moving forward after that uh game recaps question and answers mailbags we have a few other ideas off topic stuff uh we're, we're promising at least five extra episodes a month um but we will try to aim for a little bit more schedule dependent uh so we do appreciate all the support we appreciate everyone that has already subscribed to premium uh, really really encouraged by the uh, the outpouring of support there no matter how you choose to support us we appreciate you whether it's premium on twitch giving us a sub there leaving a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and help cook those books that's all of that we we, we really do appreciate it. it makes a big big difference with the podcast so thanks again to all of our listeners no matter how you listen thanks to garter until next time go get.